hello, how are you? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you've had a lovely week. Here in the UK, we've been able to socialise and the pubs and the restaurants are starting to open. It's all very exciting, but in true British fashion, the first day the pubs opened, it snowed and was absolutely freezing but we all persevered like the true Brits that we are. I say that as if I did it. I haven't actually been to the pub yet. I'm going to wait until all the hype and all the fuss dies down because I kind of want it to feel normal. The thought of going into a pub absolutely rammed because it's been such a long time makes me feel a little bit nervous. However on Saturday I did have my first proper social event of the year. It was very exciting. It was a good friend of mine's Hindu. And this has been rescheduled multiple times because of the last year. And it was all COVID friendly, all COVID safe, all in the garden with the correct amount of people and all that. But we had blankets, we had slipper socks, we had hot water bottles because we were like, we're going to do this just to be safe, but it's supposed to be sunny and lovely. But yet again, it snowed. However, we did persevere with that like the true Brits that we are. (laughs) This week's episode is all about communication because I have become so passionate about the way that we communicate with each other because I've just learned in the last year or so how important and crucial it is to our relationships and there are so many ways that we communicate negatively and we just don't realise that we're doing it. So I'm going to shed a bit of light on that and how we can turn it around and have really positive healthy communication that benefits us. So let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Communication is a huge part of our day-to-day lives. I would go as far as to say it's as big as breathing is. And what I mean by that is we breathe 24-7 but how often do we actually think about breathing? The only times we really think about it is if for whatever reason we are struggling to breathe, which hopefully isn't very often. We communicate all day, every day. And what we often forget sometimes is that communication is not just the words we say, it's our tone, it's our body language. How often do you hear someone say, it's not what they said, it's just the way they said it? which means technically you may have said one thing, but you've communicated something totally different. As I mentioned in the introduction, I have become so passionate about communication because I really have seen firsthand how if there is a breakdown in communication, if you are unable to communicate with somebody, just how damaging that can be to a relationship. And it can end relationships. Again, whether that's a friendship, a boyfriend, girlfriend, an auntie and uncle, whoever. If you are not able to communicate your feelings, your wants, your needs, your desires clearly, you've got a big problem. What I find funny is so often negative ways of communicating are portrayed all around us as if it's a normal part of everyday life. When we watch our favourite TV shows, films, and it's almost used as a form of entertainment if we see someone getting the silent treatment, if we see a big argument kicking off. It's used as humour and that teaches us that that is normal and that is funny. And yes, of course, a sense of disagreement is always normal. You're not supposed to agree on everything. You are supposed to have different opinions, different values. That's the way the world works. 
But you don't necessarily need to have an absolute slanging match all the time or you don't need to ignore someone all the time as a way of dealing with something that's upset you or some form of conflict. But because we see it everywhere, we assume it's the thing to do. And it's very rare that on our favourite TV shows or films, we see people doing it in a healthy way. It's almost abnormal to communicate calmly, clearly, effectively. I sound like I have blamed films and TV shows for the way we communicate there. That's just a part of it because there are so many things that impact the way we choose to communicate with people. Our environment, how we saw our parents communicating with themselves and with other people, if we have any deep-rooted fears. And one of the biggest things that can impact the way we choose to communicate is our confidence and how sure we feel about ourselves and what we're trying to say. People who are naturally confident will find it easier to communicate their wants and their needs or resolve a conflict because they are not afraid of the outcome. And they are not afraid of the outcome because they have self-respect, they know their value, they know their worth, and they know that if, for whatever reason, something cannot be resolved or they end up having to lose a relationship over something, that they will be okay. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, so many of us are wracked with insecurities and self-doubt and we never know if what we're thinking is true or if we're being too much or if we're being too this or that. And that will impact the way that we speak because there'll be a part of us that knows that we're right. So we'll get very like, nope, I know I'm right and I'm going to say this, but deep down, we're not completely sure of ourselves, which is why it comes out in a more defensive manner. But if you know what you're saying is true to you, you don't need to be angry. You don't need to be defensive. And that will come across in your tone when you are speaking to someone. So with all of that being said, and before I dive into the different types of negative communication, I just want to say one hint that I now use and I think is so crucial when it comes to being able to communicate effectively. And that's put the shoe on the other foot. I don't know if I've said that exactly right, but you get the gist. If someone's hurt us or made us really angry, we think that they deserve whatever we're feeling in that moment. We think they deserve to be ignored. We think they deserve to be shouted at, whatever it might be because of how we are feeling. But how many times has someone done that to you and it's had no real benefit? Or sometimes you may not have even realised you've upset someone and they just start ignoring you and you have no idea what you've done wrong. It's so crucial to remember that the other person is not necessarily going to know what you're thinking or what you're feeling. And you've got to give them a fair chance to hear you out before you start giving them the third degree. So yes, I always now, before I start any form of conversation, conflict, whatever it might be, put the shoe on the other foot. The first type of negative communication I'm going to mention is passive aggressive or sarcastic comments. Now, especially us Brits, we all love a good bit of sarcasm, winding our mates up, winding your other half up, especially once you're past the dating phase and you're a bit more relaxed with each other. However, so often, if we're not quite confident enough to openly say that something's upset us, we'll make a little dig or a little jibe. Is that the word? Jibe at the other one? Where we'll be like, oh, well, if you had done that, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. And it's so easy to do. And sometimes it's just because we're angry and it slips out without us being able to control it. But if you think about it, by being passive aggressive to somebody, has it ever solved the problem? Has it ever really solved the thing that you're upset or angry or frustrated about? Not really, no. It might briefly solve it in the moment because you feel better for having a little dig at them. But long term, 
they're going to keep doing the same thing because they haven't understood that it's actually a problem. They think that you're just making jokes about it. So they don't get it because how often has someone made a joke at you? And you might think about it for a little bit, but you also assume, oh, if there's a problem, they'll just tell me and you forget about it. Even if you are repeatedly passive aggressive over the same thing, the other person might start to pick up on the fact that they're annoyed. But if it's a habit that they enjoy doing and they're not quite ready to give it up. So say it's something like, I'm going to think of something around the house now. Say someone doesn't like making the bed, but the other person loves having a freshly made bed first thing in the morning. The person that makes the bed starts to get frustrated that the other one isn't doing it. And that's fine. And they'll start making jokes at first. Then it will go up to the digs. Then it might even get a little bit stroppy. However, the other person is thinking until they come out right and tell me I'm getting away with this. I don't mind taking a few comments here and there. So I'm not going to change until I really have to. Because let's face it, any habits that we have, unless we think we really, really have to, it's hard to change, especially ones that we know are harmless and in our eyes aren't hurting anyone because to us, not having a bed made isn't a big deal. But to the other person, it really is. But we don't see that because we're not that person. So although I don't think this is necessarily the worst form of negative communication, it is one that we want to have a purpose and it ends up not working the way we want. I think passive aggressive, although can feel a bit therapeutic if you're really angry, you're just you might be confusing the other person and they're not going to get it unless you are clear so it doesn't have a it has a short-term gain but long-term nothing I know normally the saying's the other way around but short-term you might feel a bit better for making your dig long-term the problem's still going to be there the next type of negative communication I'm going to talk about is the silent treatment or even just giving one word answers. And again, this is something that is often portrayed as quite humorous. We see our friends doing it at parties sometimes. The other one will get a bit knocked and they'll be like, whatever, no, nope, fine. And the other person will be going, what did I do? What did I say? And it's almost laughed off. And yeah, okay, sometimes it's not a big deal and you can resolve it in 10 minutes. But if you are really upset or really angry, all the while you are giving someone that you live with the silent treatment. I say live with because I'm going to move on to something slightly different, which I think happens more often when you're not living with someone. But I feel like silent treatment is more when you're in the same vicinity as someone and you're kind of just giving them the cold shoulder. Or you might say, fine, okay, which is your one word answers, which is so frustrating. We all get that text when we know the other the other person's annoyed us. You say something and they say, okay, and you're like, mm. It doesn't achieve anything because each time you choose to briefly ignore someone or give them a really short answer, you might be worrying them or panicking them, which is what you want, but you're also upsetting yourself and you're also dragging out your own upset and discomfort for a lot longer than you really need to. If you can just check in with yourself and say, do you know what? No, I'm annoyed at this. They'll say, okay, didn't realise, I'm sorry, do you want to talk about it? Have a conversation and it's done. But we all know that the silent treatment has to stop at some point. You might do it for half an hour, you might do it for five hours. But why do it for five hours if the problem's only going to take 10 or 15 minutes to solve? It just is unnecessary stress and upset for you and the other person and it's not needed. I also think when we're sulking or being silent, it's because we are hoping or expecting the other person to be able to magically read our minds and know exactly what's wrong, exactly what they've done and exactly how we're feeling. And we think we put that expectation on them. And I have been guilty of this plenty of times in the past because I'm like, well, I'm obviously so upset. How can you not know? But we always forget that everybody works slightly differently. Everybody feels different about different things. So something that's really upset me may never have upset them. And it's very important to remember that. And nobody is a mind reader. 
They might be able to tell you're upset, but that's about as far as it goes. If they've generally not meant to upset you, they're not going to know. And deep down, if we're sulking or being silent, we're wanting the groveling and we're wanting the apology. But we're not going to get the apology if they don't know what they're apologising for. So the quicker you can pull yourself out of that and let them know what's upset you, the quicker you are going to get your apology and the quicker you will make up and you will be happy again. You will be relieved and you will be going on with your day or your evening, depending when you're doing it. Now, I touched on this a few minutes ago where I said there's something slightly different to the silent treatment and that is ignoring somebody. And I talk about ignoring somebody as because I feel like it's easier to do that when you're not with them and you don't live with them because you could ignore someone potentially for weeks or months if you don't have to see them. And I feel that ignoring somebody is actually far worse because silent treatment, although is a bit immature at times, is a little bit frustrating at times, people normally give that up a lot quicker than they do full-on ignoring someone. And ignoring someone is one of the most damaging things you can do, especially if you do it long-term. The more you make a choice to ignore someone, the bigger rift you are creating. And especially if somebody is reaching out to you time and time again to fix the problem, because maybe they do know what they did and maybe they don't. But if you are not letting them know and you are not meeting them in the middle, they are not going to be able to make it up to you. They are not going to be able to resolve this with you. And if it has just been someone said something that's upset you, it's very cruel to make them suffer if they don't realise what they've said. If you, for whatever reason, feel you have a right to ignore someone and or you just don't want to talk to them because they have really, really got to you, that's absolutely fine. But just tell them. Explain to them, look, I'm angry with you. I feel this way. I feel that way. And right now I don't want to talk to you about it. I will let you know when I do. That is the mature way of, if you want to call it, ignoring someone. But let them know where you're at and where they stand because limbo is what creates so much unnecessary anxiety and worry. At least if someone knows, they might still be upset, but they will be calmer because they know what's going on, on some level. The final negative type of communication I'm going to talk about is shouting, and it goes without saying that it is never, ever okay to make someone feel intimidated by shouting at them, regardless of what's upset you. When I say shouting, I'm referring to those arguments where something's built up and up over time, and something like the straw that breaks a camel's back and you end up just having a bit of a slanging match or a bit of a barney over it. More often than not, those loud arguments start happening because something or several things have been swept under the carpet and I say they've built up over time and the frustration of whatever it is has become too much. I mean, sometimes I hear people joking about how much they love a good argument or how you need it to clear away the cobwebs. And in some senses, I used to agree with that. I get it. Sometimes there are just little things that we think in the moment, they're not worth talking about. We'll leave it till later. But how often do you do that? And it becomes such a bigger thing that it just doesn't need to be. So now I only believe that to be true if you have a discussion after the argument and work out a way to resolve the issue before you apologise. Because it's all well and good having a Barney and then apologising after, but if you still haven't got to the bottom of the argument in the first place, give it a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and the same argument's going to happen again. And yeah, you both might apologise to each other and mean it, but you're not going to stop the argument if you haven't had the discussion to figure out why you're having this argument and had it in a calm, respectful manner. We've all been there. We've all been on the receiving end of somebody suddenly snapping and ranting and raving at us and we have no idea what they're going on about and it will do one of two things. It will either get our back up and we'll just start shouting purely to defend ourselves because we don't know what's going on or we'll just, it's all going over our heads because we have no idea what they're going on about. So again, 
the shouting doesn't actually achieve anything because you're not listening to the other person. And we've all been in those arguments when you start shouting and once you get to a certain level, you're not listening to each other anymore. You're just trying to prove I'm right. They're just trying to prove they're right. And it's back and forth at who's right, who's right, who's right. You're not listening to each other. And whatever they say just makes you more angry and you have to find another point to prove why you're right and vice versa. And again, nothing gets achieved or resolved and you end up just giving yourself so much more stress and probably a headache that you never needed in the first place. We all know how frustrating, annoying, obsessing, hurtful it is when someone communicates with us in one of the negative ways that I've just spoken about. And we also know how when someone actually reaches out to us kindly and calmly and has a conversation, we find it so much easier to listen to that person and how much more we actually want to make the change that they're talking to us because of how they are speaking to us. It is so important to remember the language and the tone that we choose to use when we're trying to resolve something. Deep down, we all know how to communicate positively on some level. We know that we need to be calm. We know that we need to be kind and considerate of the other person's feelings when we speak. We all know this. And positive communication sounds simple and easy enough on the surface to do. However, so many of us still choose not to do it. So as easy as we think it might be, why don't we do it? And it's because in order to communicate effectively, we have to feel strong, confident and genuinely in a good headspace when we're having these types of conversations. <laughs> and frustratingly, so often the reason we need to communicate something is because something has happened or has been said that makes us feel insecure. It makes us feel unworthy, unloved or some kind of negative emotion, which means that we lose all self-awareness and we go into reactive mode and not responding mode. In order for us to really communicate well, we have to have enough self-awareness to be able to stop ourselves in our tracks before we lash out on the emotion that's been triggered within us, whatever that might be. Even if it gets to the stage where we've already lashed out, the quicker we can pause and bring it back and calm ourselves down, the quicker we can deal with the issue and feel good because no one wants to feel prolonged stress and upset in the way that we do because we choose not to communicate something to somebody else. The final bit of advice I'm going to give in this episode is in order to work on positive communication, you need to work on your confidence, you need to work on your self-worth, you need to practice remaining calm in a tense situation when you feel emotional. And we are human beings, we are going to have reactions, that's why they're part of us. But it's a certain type of awareness and strength that you build up within yourself. And the more you can do that, the more your confidence will grow. And the more your confidence grows the easier you will find it to communicate with others. When you know that you're valuable, when you know that you've got a right to be heard, and when you know what you deserve, you won't panic and act on impulse. You won't need to raise your voice in order to be heard, and you don't need to fear the outcome of the conversation. When you can speak from that authentic place, you'll be heard so much quicker, quicker than you can ever imagine. I really hope that this episode has helped in some way or another, and I will see you soon. (laughs) 